I'm James Ryan Smith. Welcome to the Things Above podcast. You're listening to episode 12. If you missed the pilot episode or this is your first time listening, this is a podcast for what I call Mind Discipleship. It's a podcast to give you a positive, glorious thought, a thought from above, which is where we get the name of the podcast from Colossians 3. Here's a good quote. Once you replace negative thoughts with positive ones, you'll start having positive results. You may never guess who said that. It was Willie Nelson. He also said, mamas, don't let your babies grow up to be cowboys. So I'm not sure the wisdom of that last thought, but the former one I really like. Replace negative thoughts with positive ones, positive results. That's what we're trying to do with this podcast each week. And the glorious thought for this episode is this, forgiveness is the way to freedom. Now, forgiveness is a tough subject uh, and a painful thing. C.S. Lewis said, forgiveness is a lovely idea until you have someone to forgive. But I do believe that when we can live in the reality of our forgiveness, we can come to a place where we can forgive. And if we can, there's tremendous freedom and joy and hope. So I want to talk about forgiving other people and forgiving ourselves today. Here's a story about the late great pastor of pastors, Roger Fredrickson. I was privileged to be friends with Roger for many years. He was even a mentor of mine in some ways and uh, a dear man. But he told me the story of how one day his wife, this was years ago, but his wife had been praying. And in her time of prayer, she had a word to give to Roger from the Spirit. And she came out and said, Roger, um, God just kind of told me that you have some unfinished business. That was the phrase, unfinished business. His wife didn't know what that meant, but she thought, I better pass it on. So she did. So Roger, being a man of prayer, he said, okay. And he sat down to pray. And while he was praying, uh, he saw the image of of a man that he hadn't thought of for a long time, but it was a man who was responsible for killing his brother in a car accident many, many decades before. Uh, When Roger was 15, his 18-year-old brother was driving in the car with this this guy, and the guy was driving kind of recklessly, and the car crashed, and it killed Roger's brother, but it didn't kill the driver. The guy who was driving never said he was sorry to Roger and his family, and that really bothered Roger, and he never forgave him. He, he carried that for years and years. But following the leading of the Spirit, he searched high and low to find this man and to tell him he forgave him. He, he got to a place where he could, could say those words, and so he searched to try to find him, and he eventually got the phone number uh, up for this man, called him up, and he said, I, want, I would like to speak to so-and-so. And the man's wife said, um, he died a couple of years ago. And Roger was just overcome because he was he wanted to announce or pronounce that he had forgiven this person, and he couldn't. And so he he, he said, gosh, I, I just wanted to tell him I forgive him. And his wife said, how about if you tell me? And so he, he uttered those words, I forgive you. And in doing so, Roger said he felt a great release in his soul. And that's because we're dealing with spiritual energy when we forgive. There's, it's, there's, a, there's a force that happens. So when we're harmed, something does something to us, and, and we choose to, to bury it, it's going to manifest itself in some negative ways. Or we can break that power 
through forgiveness and turn the evil into good. It's exactly what happens when we forgive. So, why should we forgive? Well, we forgive in order to be healed. But the means of that forgiveness is understanding that we are forgiven in Christ. That's why Paul says in Colossians 3.13, forgive one another as Christ has forgiven you. Now, let's be honest, it's hard. People hurt us. People sin against us. People do things that are painful to us. Slights and hurts, being overlooked or underappreciated, harmful words, dismissive actions, neglect, even abuse, physical and verbal. And we're going to respond to those things by hate, retaliation, anger, resentment, bury it, swallow it, carry it for decades. Because time doesn't heal all wounds. By the way, that's not a truth. I know people who have carried things for years. In fact, I'm going to tell you a story about myself. And we don't even know it. But before I talk about that, I want to talk about forgiving someone that we all have to forgive. And that's ourselves. In my own experience, I found it hard to forgive myself. It's difficult because I have a narrative that goes something like this. If I forgive myself, I'm not being hard enough on myself. And I need to be hard on myself because it will help me be better. To forgive myself is almost like excusing or condoning. And that's, there's a lot of false in that narrative. But, you know, it's there. So I struggle with it. The problem is, is that little plan of mine, I'm not going to forgive myself because I need to be hard on myself. It, it doesn't work. So it, you know, it doesn't work any more than not forgiving someone else is going to make them change. If we take sin seriously, and I do, we have to admit that we have sin, that we have sinned in practice and be honest about that. But once we're able to, to find that thing, that sin that we've committed and are able to f- face it, then we have to forgive ourselves. Just as God has forgiven me, so I also must forgive myself. Quoting C.S. Lewis again, he said, If I fail to forgive myself, I make, make myself a higher tribunal than God. That's an interesting thought. So, so if I say, well, I'm not going to forgive myself. It's like saying, well, God forgave you, but you won't forgive you? I think that we need to have that as a part of our spiritual practices is being able to forgive ourselves. Now, about once a week or so, typically on a Saturday, uh, I go through a prayer practice. It takes about an hour, and there's several different prayers, praises, thanksgiving, um, there's confession, and there's a part about forgiveness. And within the section on forgiveness, there's a a part where you you say a prayer for forgiving yourself. And uh, it's written by Linda Schubert, and it's it's quite good. It's called The Miracle Hour is the name of the, the prayer practice. You can look that up online. But here's the prayer. It goes like this. Loving Father, I choose to forgive myself because you have forgiven me. Thank you, Lord, for this grace. I forgive myself for all of my sins, faults, and failings, especially blank, and that's where you can name something that you you need to forgive yourself for. The prayer goes on. I forgive myself for not being perfect. I accept myself and make a decision to stop picking on myself and being my own worst enemy. I release the things held against myself and make peace with myself by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's a great prayer, and every time I pray it, I do feel a kind of burden being lifted. It's very freeing. Now, it doesn't let me off the hook, so to speak. 
I mean, in fact, look, I've admitted that I've sinned. I've named it. Now it's time to forgive. This hour-long prayer exercise not only involves forgiving myself, but there's a part where you forgive others. And in the practice, it suggests that you kind of go through all the people in your life, family, coworkers, friends, anyone you've interacted with that week, and then see if there's any resentment, any unforgiveness, any hurt, any negativity, any unlove. And you name it, and then you sort of say, in Christ, I forgive that person. But at the end of the exercise, there's this other, this line, and it says, this is what you're asked to pray. Lord, is there anyone else I need to forgive? And then you wait on the Spirit and listen. And this is an interesting part of the prayer practice. One time I did this and while in a quiet meditation, and I prayed, you know, Lord, is there anyone I need to forgive? And I paused and waited, and suddenly my ninth grade gym teacher popped into my head completely unexpectedly. I, I had not thought about him for years and years. Now, I just asked the Spirit to reveal to me anyone else I needed to forgive, so that had to be him and there had to be a reason. So I paused, and then I remembered. So back when I was in the ninth grade, they had this really cool thing where they had a a handball tournament. And I'm talking not today's Olympic handball, but old-school handball, which is basically racquetball but with your hands. And so they had the student tournament, and the winner of the student tournament got to play this gym teacher, and he was very good. And he never lost. He always won. And so it was his big privilege. Well, I actually happened to win the, the student tournament, so I got to play him. And kind of miraculously, when I played him in front of the whole class, it was a big deal, I beat him. I beat him mainly because I'm left-handed and he was always hitting to my dominant hand. But nonetheless, after it was over, uh, he wouldn't shake my hand. And he wouldn't even speak to me. And then as the year went on, when he did speak to me, he said really mean things. And I was just stunned because this was a guy I really looked up to. And suddenly he was being so mean. And I thought, gosh, you know, what a jerk. And I had so much anger and bitterness and resentment toward him. But I didn't act on it. I just was, I'd carried it. So when the Spirit reminded me of him, I realized I've never forgiven this guy. So I was able to just pray and see him in my mind and remind myself that, you know, he's human. He, he, he failed for, for whatever reason. I don't know why he was that way toward me, but he was. And just as I'm forgiven, so I forgive. So I announced that I had forgiven him. And, and I felt that release. And it was, it was a lovely thing. Imagine that. Decades had gone on. But that's what forgiveness does. When you can do it, there's an amazing sense of release because it's, it's a spiritual practice. Now, I do have a caveat about forgiving others uh, that I want to share because I, I don't want to be glib at all. Hey, just forgive everybody because it says so in the Bible. Um, and so here, here's this one caveat about, about forgiving others. It's about can't versus won't. The author David Lowe writes, there's room in the kingdom for can't, but there's no room in the kingdom for won't. Meaning, if you're in a place where you just can't forget, you know there's someone you, you haven't forgiven, but you just aren't there yet, that's okay. There's room in the kingdom for can't. But keep praying, you know, stay with it. Pray until you can. But if you can, but you refuse, well, that's a problem. So I say be gentle with yourself if you can't. Be tough on yourself if you simply won't. We forgive because we've been forgiven. And we forgive because it's the way to freedom. And finally, when we forgive, 
it changes the world. In the great book, The Shack by William Paul Young, the character who is actually the Holy Spirit says these words, every time you forgive, the universe changes. Every time you reach out and touch a heart or a life, the world changes. With every kindness and service seen or unseen, my purposes are accomplished and nothing will ever be the same again. I hope you join me next week for episode 13. Until then, you can find me on Twitter and Facebook at James Brian Smith, and you can learn more about this podcast at apprenticeinstitute.org. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend, and you can also subscribe, which means you'll get them automatically each week. My hope, as always, is that one day if you're asked, what's on your mind, your answer will be, things above.